got a real good feeling. You're listening to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast with Crypto Jeb, bringing you the best and most updated news about cryptocurrency. Tune in every morning at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch this podcast live on our YouTube channel. Hey guys, what's going on? Jeb here and welcome back to the show guys. Today we are going to be talking about the drop that we saw on Bitcoin yesterday. As you probably witnessed in the afternoon yesterday, at least here on the Eastern Seaboard, we saw Bitcoin drop all the way down to $42,500. It's currently sitting just shy of forty-three. It seemingly is that we have double bottomed right here around forty-two, And it's very interesting because if you look back a year ago today, January 6th of 2021, Bitcoin was in the process of setting a new all-time high at forty-two. $2,000 and today we're pulling back and back testing it. There are many reasons why I tell you that $42,000 is an insanely important level for Bitcoin. We're not only talking about the fact that one year ago today, that's exactly where Bitcoin was. And if we drop any lower, we'll see a year over year decline in price action. But there's also a longer term uptrend. There's also an a, a indicator called the RVT that we're going to look at. And we're going to be looking at a lot more RSI, MACD, all kinds of things. We're going to bring you the technical breakdown of where Bitcoin is, why it dropped and where it's going. We got a lot of content to jump into today, guys. But before we do, I want to introduce everybody. Shout out to TA10 for hosting the show twice this week. How you doing, man? Thank I'm doing you so good. much. I'm, I'm still hanging tight, man. I, I again, it was didn't think I was going to be in, back in that seat that soon, but you know, I'm ready for anything. So Heck yeah, I'm glad you were there, man. Yeah, for everybody who doesn't know, I had a little sniffle yesterday, nothing to really worry <laughs> about, but I decided to stay home just to make sure that, you know, Nothing got passed around. Don't worry. It's not the thing that we can't speak of. But we're also joined, as always, by Smay. How are you doing, Smay? Hi, everybody. I'm doing pretty freaking good. I <laughs> went to the gym today. Um, I'm very happy. I had to get some water. And uh, <laughs> I, would like to, I would like to take this moment to shout out three special members. Uh, uh, I'm going to go ahead and shout out April Sue, Oof. Army, uh, Army Piper. And Jackson Ira, you guys are awesome. You guys are the best. Thank and you so much to our guess members. what I have to, uh, I have a little nugget for our members right now. You ready? Ooh. A little nugget. I, yesterday, we got to have a great time uh, doing our members Q&A. I know it was short notice, so a lot of you guys didn't show up. But guess what? We're doing another one on the 13th, guys. Woo-hoo! The 13th. So show up. It's going to be right after following the usual morning stream. If you're a member, if you want to be a member, join the membership and you can come check out, do a Q&A, ask us all the little like juicy a week, questions. A week from today? All the, a yeah, week from a today. week that from today. The 13th. the 13th, yes. Come on. All Interesting. Right. Cool. Yep. There you go. Well, we're also joined, as always, by the research team. How you guys doing? Shout out to Kelly, my friend. I'm doing great, man. Uh, you and I both had our, our little uh, uh, relaxation vac- vacation yeah. yesterday. Relaxation <laughs> vacation. I like that. No, we, uh, you know, sometimes you just have to check in with yourself and with your body, and uh, it's a we we just did that, and we got to sit there and watch uh, Tim just and and Tim and uh, T stream over here, uh, and Smay of course, uh, do an excellent show yesterday and yep. today. Uh, you know, I, I had a great time putting the show together again today because there's so many great on-chain metrics and so many great signals we're going to be talking about here in just a few moments. And uh, we're going to uh, allay some of that fear you might have because it might be just the opposite of that. So we'll get into that in a second. Well, T. Shroom, what have you been up to, man? Good to see you also. Uh, yes, it is. It is awesome to be here every single time. Genuinely, I say that. I am very overwhelmed these days because I am getting everything prepped paperwork, clothing, and my mind prepped to go on my two-month vacation, and uh, it's it's very overwhelming to, to juggle everything in my life. I love how you call it a vacation. Does the audience know what it is, or is that a... I, is that well, a I think the member... We talk, discussed on the, the members stream, know what you it is? Oh, that, Well, that's a good reason to join the membership program, so you know where he's going. I feel like we owe it to that, that, to that name, though, no. because, like, 
I don't know. I feel like they know. Yeah, well, guys, let's keep moving here. Let's go ahead and tease some of the things that we're going to talk about today. You know, we got a really interesting comment here, and this might actually be what happened. George X said, did Borat shut down Kazakhstan's internet when it went down yesterday? Maybe. I don't know. But in case you're wondering what happened yesterday, there were some protests, some unrest in Kazakhstan. A lot of the internet infrastructure went down. There was a lot of things happening in the political parties, and it actually shut down a lot of the Bitcoin mining. So the hash rate dropped a little bit, and that's one of the things that caused the drop. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. We're also going to be talking about NASDAQ. we got some interesting things there. And Bitcoin dominance has dropped to the lowest levels in three years. And I'm going to tell you why I actually think that's a good thing right now. So let's go ahead and jump on over to CoinMarketCap. We'll take a look at that market dominance here, and then we will keep on moving straight through the market watch, jump into Super Chats, and then we'll be talking about Bitcoin here in exactly 13 minutes. So let's go ahead and do it. Looking at Bitcoin's market dominance here, we can see that currently it is sitting at 39.65%, or even more accurately, right up to the date, is 39.8%. So if we look at the last several months, we have seen that Bitcoin has pulled back constantly down to this 40 level. But the last time that Bitcoin's market dominance was actually below, 40 for any period of time was actually in 2018 around May. Now, I remember when this was happening because a lot of people during the 2018 bear market were uh, returning back into Bitcoin actually from their altcoins. There was a major altcoin season at the end of 2017. A lot of people sold their Bitcoin. We went from 85% market dominance. They sold it into smaller cap projects. This is when Ethereum started getting big. This is when things like XRP started getting big. I'm talking about the Litecoins of the world, the Bitcoin caches of the world, EOS, NEO, all these projects, IOTA, uh, ICON, all these big projects that were huge back in 2017. They gobbled up a lot of the market dominance. But then as the bear market continued on through 2018, Bitcoin returned a lot of that market dominance to itself. Now we've seen the exact same thing happen. We've seen Bitcoin lose market dominance to the altcoins. And the fact <clears throat> that it is still losing market dominance to the altcoins, I would say is actually a very good thing. And here's why. Whenever you see Bitcoin lose market dominance to the altcoins, it means that people are confident more in, they're so confident in Bitcoin that they're willing to take an even bigger risk and invest in the altcoins. It means the maturity of the space is growing. And that's what we are seeing happen right now. The space is maturing more than it ever has. And so people are willing to put their money other places than just Bitcoin. That is a very good sign because as I've said many times, guys, price follows fundamental intrinsic value, not the other way around. We want to make sure that the space is developing fundamentally and then the price will continue. Bitcoin has been trading around forty to $65,000 for the last year because we rallied so fast, the price got so far ahead, and now the fundamentals are catching back up. It's just the way it works, guys. Markets are cyclical. We're going to talk about it more here in a little bit. Bitcoin sitting at $43,000 right now. It is sitting down about uh, 7%. Ethereum's down uh, to $3,400, down 10%. We're going to talk about this in a second. I've mentioned for about a month now that there was a support level of down around $3,300 on Ethereum, that if it broke bearish, it would have to go down and test, and that's where it went to. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Solana's down to $150. If we have a if we have time, and actually we will be looking at Solana here in a second, we'll be looking at that. $150, a very interesting level on that network as well. Looking at the biggest gainers, we only have a few of them. Ape NFT jumped into the top 100. I don't believe this was top 100 before today. It's up 8%. I'd have to look more into that project before I could tell you much about it. Looks like we also have Decentraland up pretty well, and then all the other stable coins. So it's a pretty red day across the board. ICP's down, Theta's down, Livepeer are down and a few others. But let's go ahead and jump straight on in here to our technical analysis on some of our smaller coins and projects. 
that we don't give attention every single day, but we like to look at every once in a while. The first one we're going to look at here is eGold. eGold is a project that you guys are always talking about, one that has a lot of community support, and its chart is actually very interesting. Why? It was in an ascending wedge right here, and then not that long ago, back in November, we broke bullish out of it. eGold rallied all the way up to $555, and it has been in a falling wedge ever since. From that all-time high, it has pulled back 65%, and these falling wedges, as you probably know, typically break to the upside. So what I'm looking at right now on eGold is I'm trying to figure out, is eGold going to pull back down, test this support zone again, and then bounce and break to the upside? Well, there's reason to believe that it might, uh, one of those being the RSI. You can see we pulled back down on the RSI to around 32, 33 a couple of times. It looks like we might be double bottoming down there, but the issue is we're seeing a bearish MACD cross coming in on the daily chart. Here's the problem, guys. A lot of what's going on with eGold right now is looking like uh, it is trying to find a bottom, but it hasn't found a bottom yet. One of the things I'm going to talk about here in a minute on Bitcoin is that Bitcoin having this final capitulation down to, to $43,000 uh, $43, may actually be a very good thing because it means that we found a bottom. I don't I don't get necessarily the same exact feeling out of eGold. I personally think that there might be a little bit more room to move to the downside on that, but do be paying attention to this descending triangle pattern because if it breaks bullish, there is absolutely a trade to be made there. But now let's go ahead and talk about Solana because Solana is one that uh, has a very interesting interesting it's in a very interesting position right now so if you'll remember to earlier on this month excuse me, last month in December, I can't believe it's January already, guys. In December, around uh, December 13th, 14th, I told you guys there were two major levels of support to look at on Solana. We still have all the charting up. This is from all of this charting that's on our Solana charts from like a month ago. We were looking at the fact that $150 was a strong level of support on Solana. We got that not only from uh, historical market data, but also from a spike on the VPVR, which we could see right here around $152. And then there was also the beginning of this zone right here around $150. So $150 $50 was also a big even, and I told you guys that $150 might not be a bad place to enter the first of a few trades laddering into the market, uh, dollar cost averaging trying to catch the bottom. Some people probably bought right here and did relatively well. The issue is the entire cryptocurrency market has been relatively stagnant these last couple of weeks, and so Solana did not manage to set a new all-time high above $250. Instead, we've set a new lower high. In doing so, it has entered a downtrend over the last couple of weeks. And right now it's retesting 150. The issue here is that there's a lot of bearish momentum across the board in cryptocurrency markets, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and the like. And Solana right now looks like it's going to break $150. In my opinion, I think it probably will. And I think you're going to see $130 Solana. I'm not saying to short this market because I think we've already gone through a lot of the bearishness that we're going to go through. That's the same reason that I'm not short Bitcoin right now because I feel like I'd be shorting the bottom. But I'm also not long Bitcoin right now. And I'm not long Solana because I don't know where the bottom is. I can't tell you for certain, okay, the bottom for Bitcoin is 42 or 40. I can't tell you for certain the bottom is at 130 or 135 or 125 for Solana. What I can tell you is that after we have a bottom and after we bounce, there will be confirmation signals that we're going into a new uptrend. After we have those, I will tell you because believe me, I'm going to be very excited when that occurs. So guys, if you haven't already, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. We're trying to inform you on everything crypto. Make sure you guys know exactly what's going on in the cryptocurrency space. Keep you up to date on the technical analysis and make sure that you don't miss a single opportunity. And we also want to teach you not what to think, but how to think along the way. We want to inform you and then educate you while we're doing it. Let's go ahead and jump on to one of our sponsors, guys. Today's show is actually brought to you by Lorenzo, who is our CPA. I'm very, very excited to be bringing you uh, him. He is our CPA. Uh, dozens of you guys have started working with him since we started 
collaborating with Lorenzo. As you guys know, tax season just ended, but your cryptocurrency taxes are very important, and it's actually very complicated how you have to deal. Not It's not complicated how you have to deal with your taxes, but there's a lot that goes into the taxes on Bitcoin. I know you have a lot of questions about how do you defer taxes? How do you pay as little taxes on Bitcoin as possible legally? How do you report all of your trades? Uh, excuse me, how do you log all of your trades? How do you do all of these things in the tax world? I can't tell you. I'm not a financial advisor. I don't have the legal authority to tell you that kind of stuff. Lorenzo does. He's a CPA, and you can get a, uh, if you check the link down below, I believe you can schedule a free 15-minute call to consult with him about your situation. He's worked with a lot of very high net worth individuals, and he would be more than happy to help you as well. With that said, let's go ahead and move straight on into a period of reading some Super Chats. We might have a couple by now, do we? I don't know. Do we have any T-shirts? screen. Uh not really. We when we I'm have a good wrong. question that just got in. I was actually typing an answer to it, but I can I can answer for him right now. Sure. Uh, what I'll need is Jeb for you to go to his chart, and you obviously can answer this as well. It is from uh, you know um, Ray T. Uh, look at the Bitcoin weekly chart. So if you go to the weekly chart, he's yep. asking what are the thoughts we have on the bearish RSI divergence. And I was literally in the middle of typing this, but I can delete my mm-hmm. my message. I don't think that is bearish RSI divergence because when you're looking at the peak that I think he's looking at, that's a peak actually on January 4th of 2021. What's the price at that point? The price <coughs> is 37.7. All right. Then you go a little bit lower to where we actually have some of those peaks. That's where we have bearish RSI divergence. Sure enough, what do we have? We have a bearish move down in May that which which is what we had through the months of June and July, that accumulation phase. That was the consequence of bearish RSI divergence. We can't just hold that number back in January of RSI being at 92 forever. It has to at some point play out. It has play out. So pretty much what I, what we're doing is erase those Showing metrics. Yep. Let's look forward. Start now looking in July of 2021. Do we see any bearish RSI divergence on the weekly chart? Nope. Absolutely not. Nope. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that, Tim. There was some bearish RSI divergence back in uh, February, March of last year, and we talked about it on the channel at the time, and it did lead to a major drop on Bitcoin. We're talking 40 percent kind of drop and uh well not quite 40 percent what was it no i take it back it was over 40 percent it was almost 60 percent bitcoin had a major drop there down to around thirty two thousand dollars and uh that as he said i believe has played out personally now we also saw that there's bearish rsi divergence right here and it took a little bit longer for it to play out i mean take a look at this guys on the weekly chart we saw bearish rsi divergence that ended around valentine's day it didn't play out until the beginning of may so you have to be patient on some of these things and that's kind of the point we want to make with this stream also we've been telling you guys bullish on chain, bullish on chain, bullish on chain, bullish on chain. It's all still there. So Bitcoin has dropped $3,000. Yes, but those on-chain metrics could take two, three, four, five months to really start pushing through and causing the price to move. That's one of the points we want to make is have patience. I'm not saying it's going to take two, three, four, five months. I think we're going to bottom out a little bit sooner than that, but we'll see. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, again, I don't think we had any super chats. That was just a question that was asked yeah, in the chat. So. That's a great question. Yep. That was a great question. Do we have any other super chats or anything? Uh, t do you see anything else in chat? Negative. Let's see. No, I think, I think that'd be a super be chat. Let's see. What do we got? Uh, looks like Dennis Pizarca said, I have Lorenzo. Shout out to him. Good job, Dennis. Tell us what you think. Oh, and by the way, yes, I, 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 I know how to pronounce Kazakhstan. I miss, I miss, I did mispronounce that. My apologies to the, to the sovereign nation of Kazakhstan. So guys, we're going to go ahead and keep moving on here into Bitcoin. Let's see if we can't get about 800 likes on the video in the next 
minute. I think we can get 800 likes on the video, in uh, two 800 likes on the video in the next eight minutes. The reason that we ask for that, guys, is because it does help to support our channel in the YouTube algorithm. And whenever you help to support our channel, it allows us to continue making this content for you for free here on YouTube because we put a lot of work into this and we want to continue improving it, not just bringing it to you, but continue improving it because we genuinely care about your financial freedom. That's the vision of our company is to help you achieve financial freedom. It has been for as long as I've been running this channel for the last four and a half years, it has not changed. So with that said, let's go ahead and move on to Bitcoin here. And we're going to jump through some technical analysis. Now, I know my chart looks a little bit, uh, I believe the term is spaghetti, but I'm going to break this down for you. And then here in a second, we're going to go on to a clean chart. What I want to show you here, guys, is that we had four major uh, support levels here that we talked about. And Bitcoin is currently broken through all of them. It's not that those levels were invalid. It's just that Bitcoin had a massive squeeze and dropped straight through them. So I do just want to show you that there was quite a bit of bearishness yesterday. And I think a lot of it came from FUD. And we're going to talk about all of that. But the point is, we did see some bearishness and we did see a break to the downside. And if you'll remember to about a week ago, I talked about how, or not even a week ago, about three days ago, I think it was when I was here on Tuesday, two days ago, we had a bearish uh, uh, bear pennant right here. We had a symmetrical triangle pattern, excuse me, sitting at the bottom of a downtrend. And if we extrapolated that out, that gave us a price target <clears throat> of $40,700. Bitcoin didn't quite go down to $40,700, $40, but it did have a pretty substantial drop. And that's what technical analysis is going to be able to do for you guys. It's going to be able to give you warnings that something like this is happening. I told you guys, hey, look, I don't know if this is going to happen, but we are seeing a prediction of $40,700 right now. Keep that in the back of your mind. That's what we talked about on Tuesday. But let's go ahead and go to a cleaner chart here. And let's look at some long-term price action. So in today's in the in the title of today's stream, we talked about how there is a very important, very extremely important signal flashing on Bitcoin. And I want to show you exactly what that is because we believe that if we say something in a thumbnail or in a title, we want to tell you what it means. So let me explain exactly what I mean by that. Let's look at the last couple of years of market data on Bitcoin. Take a look at the last bull market. What happened? Bitcoin went into a massive bull run, and then after that bull run, it entered a descending triangle pattern. What do we know about descending triangle patterns? They typically break to the downside. Now, sometimes they can act as pennants and lead to a break to the upside, but more often than not, even if they're at the end of an uptrend, a descending triangle pattern will break to the downside. Now, on the flip side, look at 2020. What happened? Bitcoin went absolutely parabolic. We literally grew 1,700% from bottom to top in under a year. That was a remarkable movement on Bitcoin that was, quite frankly, a lot faster than I thought it would happen. I thought Bitcoin, uh, two years ago, I thought Bitcoin would be trading around thirty dollars to $40,000 right now, and it'd be somewhere around all-time high. I did not think that Bitcoin was going to explode this quickly, but the reason it did is because of fundamental adoption, fundamental growth. So what's the point here? Instead of Bitcoin ending, and I'm not saying we're at the end of a bear market, I th at the end of a bull market, I think we're in the middle of it. I'm going to show you why. Instead of running into a descending triangle pattern in a bull market, we actually have run into an ascending triangle pattern in a bull market. Notice we have an uptrend right here that I'm going to show you in some more resolution here in a minute. And we also have this flat zone of resistance right here. Bitcoin topped out at 65,000, then at 69,000. On the weekly chart, that might as well be the same top. Some people are going to call that a rising wedge. I personally would not. And I j just because I don't think it's wise to, this is much, much more akin to an ascending wedge, uh, an ascending triangle pattern, especially with all the fundamentals that we have um, backing us up right now. So let's also establish a little bit more market structure here that we can uh, build some conclusions off of. Remember what I said 
at the beginning of this stream. A year ago today, Bitcoin on January the 6th, 2021, was trading at, uh, well, actually it was at $37,000, but on January the 8th, Bitcoin ran all the way up to $42,000 and set that as a new all-time high. So a year minus two days ago, Bitcoin set our current level more or less as an all-time high. That is very significant for a couple of reasons. Number one, if we drop below $42,000, that means we're going to have a year-over-year decrease in price action from one year ago to today. That would be interesting. That normally doesn't happen during a Bitcoin bull market. So that tells us that if we're going to continue the Bitcoin bull market, we're probably going to hold 42. I'm not saying we can't go below it. I would just be a little bit surprised if we did. Uh, because I do strongly, fundamentally believe that we're in a bull market based on all the data that we have. But it's not just that. We also have this uptrending level of support right here as constituted by a low here on the 25th of November, here on the 20th of July. And then more recently, we've broken through it just a little bit, but I'm going to call that a touch. You know, it's not going to be perfect, especially when we're looking at a year and a half of data. This is on the log chart, by the way. So this is the framework that we're looking at here. I personally think what we're going to see Bitcoin do over the next two to three weeks is it's going to find a bottom that it's comfortable with. Maybe it needs to go down to 40,000. Maybe it needs to go down to 38,000. Maybe it needs to go down to 37,000. But I think we're going to find a comfortable bottom, probably around 40 to 42. I do think that we will probably, I do think that we'll end up bottoming out around there for reasons we're going to discuss in a minute. From there, I think Bitcoin will bounce and we will continue on in the symmetrical triangle pattern as the markets tend to do. And then we will be pushing up towards 60, 70,000. At this point, that may take a lot longer than we originally thought. I thought that Bitcoin would be, and you know, full admission here, I thought that Bitcoin would be back up at $69,000, $70,000, maybe by the end of January. At this point, that's not really what it looks like. It looks like Bitcoin is going to need to find a confident bottom, and it is going to need to have a major shift in market sentiment. But by the way, we have a very big point on market sentiment coming up here in a second. So make sure you don't miss out on that, because you are not going to want to miss what we have to say about uh, the beer, uh, the fear and greed index, the beer and greed index, the beer and greed index. That's what we got here, guys. Uh, and we're going to be talking talking about why it is telling us that right now is an amazing buying opportunity. So with that said, let's go ahead and look here at some of our actual technicals as well. One of the things I want to show you on the weekly chart is that Bitcoin at the moment, uh, excuse me, not on the weekly, on the monthly chart, is that Bitcoin at the moment is also sitting right atop a major uptrending level of support on the RSI that has been in play ever since January the 1st of 2019. You can see there was a touch here at 43 on, on January 1st, 2019. Then here on March 1st of 2020, and then right here, it's around 55. So this is a technical, and we're going to look at fundamental and on-chain reasons, but this is a technical reason to believe that a bottom might be relatively close. Another thing to point out here is that we are now in our third month of red during a bull market. We're still in a bull market, guys. The sentiment is increasing. The retail adoption is increasing. All of these things are continuing to increase. Fundamentally speaking, this is still the definition of a bear mark of a bull market. Excuse me. We are just seeing some volatility here. Nothing to really write home about and be worried about. We've seen three months of bearishness during a bull market before. In fact, we've seen it multiple times. And normally during a bull market, you're not going to see down trend for more than three months. So I don't think we're going to see a whole lot more of downtrend. It might take two, three, four weeks, but moving into February, I think we're going to see at least a little bit of bullishness, maybe not a crazy amount, but at least some. And the final thing I'll say here before we read the rest of the oscillators and everything is a little bit of a fundamental point, just looking at mar historical market structure. Guys, Bitcoin had a massive rally. We're talking north of a thousand percent where Bitcoin went from, you know, under a hundred billion dollars all the way up to where it sits right now, even on the drop at eight hundred billion dollars. We added a trillion dollars in market capitalization in a year. That is a crazy rally for a new market. But like whenever the stock market adds a trillion dollars in a year, that's a big deal. And we're talking about a new industry that we are already moving into the parabolic movement 
of the of where this market's going to go. And we're still reaping the consequences of this massive rally. Remember, whenever you rally too quickly, two things can happen. Either one, you plateau and you trade sideways for a long time or you crash. We kind of did a little bit of both. We dropped 60% and we've been trading sideways. We've been plateauing. That's not a bad thing, guys. That's actually a very healthy thing. What we're looking at right now, this massive rally, then a plateau that lasts a proportional amount of time, looks very similar to what we did after the drop last year, uh, the year before in 2020. It's so crazy to say that 2020 was the year before. We saw a rally from $4,000 all the way up to $10,000. That's $6,000 in 60 days. We traded sideways for a little while and we plateaued. That's what we're seeing right now just on a larger scale. Should we be concerned about this? Did this lead into a bear market? No, it didn't. It led to a massive explosive movement and the fundamentals are telling us that's what's going to happen. So I just want to encourage you on that. We have been trading sideways for the majority of 2020, uh, 2021. That's not a bad thing. That actually means that we're giving time for the fundamentals of the space to catch up. And by the way, they are. I don't know if you noticed, but NFTs went from like $20 million in monthly volume to $2 billion in monthly volume. Blockchain gaming started to exist in 2021. The industry has grown so much that I'm not really concerned about it. Now, let's go ahead and take a look here at Lux Algo because it is giving us some good insight. As you guys know, Lux Algo has said that we are in a downtrend from basically day one. We had a sell signal on the 16th of November, and we have been in a downtrend ever since. Lux Algo has done a phenomenal job over the last two months of telling us that we are in a downtrend and not giving us false hope whenever we thought we were going into an uptrend. We never saw a buy signal right here, guys. And I told you back in tw uh, right around Christmas that since Bitcoin did not see a buy signal here, we need to be careful about getting ahead of ourselves. We would want to see Bitcoin go up to 53. Lux Algo uh, did not tell us that we were going to go into an uptrend and it was right to not do so. Now, we can also look down here on the four hourly chart. And this is where I really want to hone in here. Down here on the four hourly chart, we are seeing that the market is quite bearish, of course. We've seen Bitcoin pull back from $52,000 all the way down to $42,000, a $10,000 drop in the span of a week and a half. This sell signal that we saw on the 28th of December has continued, but in doing so, we have seen such a massive drop that the trend catcher literally jumped off a cliff. It moved from $48,000 down to $44,000, a $4,000 drop on, on trend catcher from Lux Algo in the span of just a couple of hours. In doing so, that means that if Bitcoin were even to return to where it started, up here around $47,000, we would probably see a confirmed uptrend start just because it has dropped so far on Lux Algo. And uh, just because the price has dropped so far and Lux Algo has responded. So what I mean by that is that if Bitcoin does kind of the number that it did back here on December the 3rd, and it bottoms out and it has a big rally and it starts moving back up towards the high 40s, then we're going to see a confirmed uptrend uh, come into play on the four hourly chart. And that could be the start of something really big. That could mean that we're putting a V bottom in here. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm saying that if it does, watch out for it because Bitcoin has just had a major capitulation event. And if we are able to get some momentum to the upside because of that trampoline effect, you push down and then you get, you're able to bounce back up, then that's exactly what we might see. Tim, I want to ask your opinion on this. What do you think about this drop? Do you think that this drop is the final capitulation that we need to see before we are able to start moving into a new uptrend? Or do you think that this is something we should be worried about? And are you expecting thirty dollars to $7,000 to $40,000? No. So this is this is what I'm kind of looking at right now. And, and there's a to make this point, I need to clarify one thing. The volume is something to keep an eye on. And I've been saying this for a little bit of time, but I want to continue to clarify for you guys. So if you're on the 4 early chart, JL, I can kind of show yeah, you what's happening here. Wait, All right. Are you on? I'm on Bitstamp. Is that okay? 
Uh, yeah, that's actually what it, I'm looking at. Okay, cool. Um, it changes. You know, I mean, the truth is, just because of what happens for my chart, go to Coinbase, because yeah. that's what I've been charging. Bitstamp and Coinbase are not that different at the moment. So uh, I'm just on Coinbase looking at it. Uh, so you guys are going to see that one really, really, really large bar right. of volume, right? What was that bar telling us? I actually was doing more digging on this, and Kelly, I, I sent this article to Kelly and Jeb last night. Uh, you can read it in full, but Kelly kind of highlighted different parts of it. But in that, it actually talks about, look at the fact that we just broke out of a descending triangle, right? Yep. So all these touches, we actually were starting to get a little bit of lower volume, but what does that tell us? The level of supply was being shook out, but... What happens quite often in Wyckoff distribution, this is why I was saying, guys, we're going to have some candle bodies close below that 46, 45, 7, and be a little closer to 42, is because what happens is that, that the institutions, they do a major push to get the price below that. So that massive volume bar is actually just opening up a whole new world of supply and putting supply back on so they can buy more of Bitcoin. What I'm looking for over the next couple of candles, uh, and, and what I'm looking at, we've already set, I think, four of them since we've had this big dip. I'm actually looking, just so you guys know, over the next eight hours to watch what the volume looks like. If that volume is high, I actually think we could go down to 39. Also on the weekly chart that kind of backs it up, the Bollinger Band, the bottom of the Bollinger Band looks like we could go as far as 39,000 and be at the bottom of the Bollinger Band on the weekly chart. But on the four hourly chart, if we can hold this level with low volume, what's just happening is all the supply is being wasted up and that's the buying pressure, that's the point right there to the institutions this is the bottom. But if that volume stays high, what that communicates to the institutions is, no, a lot of people like to buy and sell right here. There's a lot of supply still happening. So what happens if there's still a lot of supply? The price has to go down, in which case we go to 39. So I'm not 100% certain yet if the spring is right here at 42 or if the spring's gonna be at 39, but I am pretty certain that those are gonna be the levels that we're looking at. So as we said in this title, 42 is really important. The fight's not over, but we are close. Can we hold this? Or better yet, will people just go ahead and sit on their Bitcoin? If you sit on your Bitcoin, if the whole world sits on that Bitcoin and Bitcoin becomes illiquid, that yep. wastes the supply and institutions will say, all right, that's it. That's all we can get for now. Let's raise the price. If that volume stays high, that's what's telling these institutions, no, there's a lot left here. And that's what will make the price go down to 39. This is gonna be a weird analogy, but has anybody ever played Kirby in this room? The, the, you know, the Nintendo game? Somebody you have. You know how Kirby can, like, turn into, like, the 100-ton weight and he can't move? That's what we need to do in crypto. We need to turn into that 100-ton weight and not move. We need to bear down and we need to buckle up because, you know, a little storm's coming by. But guess what? We're going to be fine. You know, we got movies. Christmas just happened, so, you know, we can't watch Christmas movies unless you're me because I like to watch Christmas movies all year. I guess you can make fun of me for that if you want. But my point is, let's not sell our Bitcoin. Let's not freak out, guys. I haven't sold a Satoshi. In fact, if I had any more money on the side that I want to put into Bitcoin... Uh, uh, because I'm already very, very exposed to Bitcoin. Uh, I would be buying Bitcoin at these levels, and I would also buy if we dropped lower. I'm actually going to be looking at buying some of the altcoins that are dropping. Cardano's down around $1.23. You know, Ethereum's down around $3,400. I'm probably not going to buy any Ethereum, but I might buy some Cardano, and I think that that's what we need to be looking at for Bitcoin. Not as, not at this as a, you know, a terrible thing that we need to be scared of, but looking at this as an opportunity to be loading up our bags because when Bitcoin's trading at a million bucks, you're not going to care what happened in the year of 2022. You're just going to be glad that you got some at any price, even if you got it at 42 instead of 39, or even if you got it at 39 instead of 30, or wherever the bottom is, guys. Heck, if the bottom was, and by the way, I am not saying this at all, so don't clip this and think that that's what I'm saying. I don't think the bottom's down at 25, but let's say the bottom was at 25. Let's say Bitcoin went down that low and you bought it at 40 and it went down to 25. 
So what? If it goes to a million, you're still up 25X from a $40,000 buy. So don't get too caught up in your exact buying opportunity for, for investments. Now, if you're trading, of course, is much more different. But if you're planning on being here for five years, 10 years like I am, just be careful about getting super particular over the level you buy in because sometimes you're going to miss out on a good buying opportunity trying to find a great one, and you don't want to do that. Let's go ahead and move into some of Kelly's tweets here, actually, because this is a really interesting thing that he's put together here. You guys know what Fear and Greed Index is by now. I'll go ahead and show you a... Uh, tweet here from Philip uh, Positive Crypto. You can see every single time the Fear and Greed Index goes very low, as it has in these previous drops in uh, 2019, uh, in March of 2020, in ju um, June, July uh, of, uh, the, of the of last year, 2020, and right now, Fear and Greed has dropped down to about 10 to 15. Right now, very recently, Fear and Greed is sitting down around 15. Mm -hmm. That is an extreme buy signal. I was actually on uh, around the blockchain with Crypto Lifer yesterday, and he said. Every single time that I buy when fear and greed index is down around 10, 15, 20, 25, it has never once hurt me. He says, I'll put money in, I'll put money in, I'll put money in, and it has never once hurt me to buy when the fear and greed index is that low. The fear and greed index is a fantastic indicator. By the way, subscribe to Crypto Life. I had a great time with him yesterday on YouTube. And I do think that we are going to see the market bottom, and I do think we're going to see a rally. Could it be right now? Could it be a week from now? Could it be a month from now? Yes, but are we close to the bottom? I think absolutely. Kelly actually uh, redid the uh, fear and greed index a little bit and, and named it the, the smart money index. Kelly, can you tell us a little bit about uh, your uh, re your creation here? Well, first I want to preface this with, I'm not uh, an, uh, a graphics guru, but I was just looking at, I, I thought it was interesting looking at the fear and greed index that yes, of course you're measuring the fear sentiment of the market uh, and what's going on with the, you know, across the board, whether it be the crypto Twitter, uh, all, all the different ways that they gauge uh, the fear and greed index. And I think, unfortunately, a lot of people read that as like, uh, almost like it's a time to sell or not not a time to buy, because and obviously the fear is in the market, but at the end of the day, uh, I think it's Warren Buffett, is it Warren Buffett that says it, uh, you know, when uh, you buy when there's blood on the streets? Yes, Warren Buffett um, says that. And at the end of the day, if Even if it's your own blood, he says. Even if it's your own blood, because if if there's a lot of fear in a market and every Everybody think is, thinks the market's going to go down. It's going to go down further. Uh, that's when the best opportunities come to buy. And you know, I have this uh, this sort of uh, speculation—not speculation, but thought—where people talk about, uh, you know, if I had only bought Bitcoin back in 2011. Well, 99% of people that would have bought Bitcoin back in 2011 uh, wouldn't have it today. They wouldn't be the 500 millionaire or billionaire that they think because you know the the amount of volatility and swings that it had back and forth. So at the end of the day, it it's all comes back to when there's these huge swings. And also we see this massive to uh, upward price action over the last 13 years. Why are we worried that it dropped $6,000? It's gone up up from $0 to $69,000. Who cares if it dropped $3,000? Especially in the scope of us still being in a bullish market structure. Yeah. So in a bullish market structure, it's down in extreme fear. I say no, extreme buy. I really think that it's just very important for people to have perspective and to, and to expand your time horizon because if you're looking at the market right now and you're saying oh my gosh bitcoin just dropped and it's been down for two weeks guys zoom out look at the last 10 years what has bitcoin done in the last 10 years like for real i'm about to measure it for you and i'm going to show you just to give you some perspective in the last 10 years bitcoin has rallied let's see here uh hundred 
thousand. Let's see, ninety-two million percent. <laughs> it is up ninety-two million percent, and we're worried about it dropping twelve. You know, that, <laughs> I, I I point that out because that's something I always struggle with. I'm like, oh my gosh, the market dropped. Uh, I, I don't want it to drop. I want it to go up because you know it's it's better when it goes up. It's always going up. You know, it's it. You, big, here's the here's the deal. So you can clip this. Bitcoin goes up and it takes a break every once in a while. That's what the Bitcoin market structure is. If you look at the last ten years, right now we're just taking a little break, guys. Nothing to be worried about for real. Don't 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 get it overly complicated and twisted in your mind because it's so easy to trick yourself into fudding, especially yeah. if you've been in the market for just a little while. I've been in the market for going on five years now, so I have seen market cycles and market cycles and market cycles. I've been here before, guys. I'm not worried about this, and you shouldn't be either. Tim, did you have something you want to add? I that? I just was even echoing some some of the things you guys discussed last night around the blockchain. I don't I don't watch that show that often. I watched last night, uh, and I love the the part where we got in the conversation. You guys got in the conversation about the concept of looking at the larger time frames. You know, we like to look at the smaller time frames to help you guys to see what's happening day in and day out. But sometimes that's to the detriment because it, everyone's so focused on what candle bodies look like on the four hourly chart and the the, the hour chart and the fifteen minute chart that they forget. Holy cow, actually, if I just take a deep breath and look at the weekly and the monthly, that when I'm looking at those candles, I'm going to see years. And that's when it's like, oh, wait, no, we're still doing really well right now. Uh, but when you zoom in on the four hourly chart and you zoom in on the hourly chart, then yeah, no, things can look scary. And, and we are down. Like, I think we're we're at 35% down from all time high at the moment. It looks like, like I said, if, if we do break to that 39, we'll get to about 40. But, but when you zoom out, as Jeb just said, when you got in a year ago, we're still massively up. Like uh, my yeah. in my buy-in was eleven thousand. I will probably never be in the negative ever again. Yeah. Uh, and I, so it re- I I do want to echo like uh, my condolences for people who got in at sixty nine who are really feeling not condolences. That's the wrong word because that makes it sound like you died. My my uh, empathy <laughs> for people well. who got in at sixty nine or sixty five yeah. or something because yeah no you're sitting here and all you know is red. Yeah. That's all you've ever seen. But trust us that if you're patient, put mm-hmm. yourself, even though you can't go back in time, imagine you went back in time and bought at 11000 or 7000 or 1000 or there are people out there that bought it at a dollar. They are sitting so pretty right now. They are not concerned whatsoever. Yeah. And also another thing I'll mention here before we move on to another article. I meant to mention this earlier. Take a look on my screen. I'll show you the bull market in 2017, which I think was the was the healthiest two period two year period in Bitcoin's entire history because we didn't have we didn't grow too fast. We didn't grow too slow. We had solid corrections. It was just a beautiful market. There were about seven major corrections that took place during the 2016-17 bull market. And if you take a look at them, this one was 38% retracement. This one right here was 28% retracement. This one right here was 38% retracement. This one right here, 37. You may be seeing a trend. This one right here, 36. This one right here was 42. And then this one right here was 40. What my point is, is Bitcoin normally goes through 40% retracements during a bull market. That's the way it goes. We've had some very strange market structure in the last 12 months because Bitcoin had such an explosive movement. This kind of movement where we rally 1,600% and add a trillion dollars market cap in like seven months, is normally not how bull markets work in crypto. What we normally see is we see a slow, steady growth that starts to pick up steam towards the end, and then throughout, we see a 40% drop. Guess what? If we were to see a 40% drop, just like Bitcoin normally does in a healthy bull market, that would pull Bitcoin back 
to $41,500. We've been saying $42,000 is a possibility for a month and a half, and that's what we're seeing right now. So don't get worried about it. If we start going down to 35 or 30 or something, then maybe we have a conversation about a bear market, but we're not even close to that yet, at least in my opinion. Now, let's go ahead and talk really briefly here something about uh, Bitcoin RVT ratio. I'm not going to have a lot of time to go into this. If you want more information, go check out Kelly Kellen's Twitter. You can see his handle right here. RVT ratio basically shows whenever there's an uptrend on the price action, as you can see highlighted here, normally there's an uptrend going on here on this ratio as well. And you can see that we're actually sitting right on top of this ratio at the moment based on the last six to eight months of Bitcoin data. And I do think that we're going to hold that. This is just an interesting metric that I wanted to show you. And it basically tells us that uh, the trend price will continue the correction down, but it also will probably be bottoming out relatively soon. So let's also continue moving on here to uh, what caused the drop yesterday. Key reasons why Bitcoin just tanked to $42,000. This one is interesting. I'm going to be brief on this. The market turbulence comes minutes after U.S. Federal Reserve December meeting, which released on Wednesday. There was quite a lot of uh, concern about the Federal Reserve a couple over the last couple of days. <clears throat> People are always concerned about the Federal Reserve and what they're going to do. And the stock market's also down just so you know, it's not just Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. The stock market's had a little bit of a correction. This is really the big one that I think caused a big part of it. Bitcoin is also facing headwind in the cryptocurrency mining sector due to a wave of protests erupting in Kazakhstan, the second largest Bitcoin mining hub. People don't realize that most of those miners that got shut down in China didn't just go to North America. A ton of them went to Kazakhstan, and Kazakhstan has turned into the second largest Bitcoin mining hub in the world. I believe it's behind only America at this point. The country's government imposed a nationwide internet shutdown to quell unrest, forcing local miners to switch off their equipment. And also a lot of the government kind of left. It was a weird situation. We're not a political channel. I'm not getting into it. But the point is, there was a lot of unrest in Kazakhstan, and it shut down a lot of the miners, caused a hash rate drop, which obviously can freak out the network. And I think that's what ended up happening there. And another thing I want to mention, guys, is that after that occurred, we saw about a billion dollars in long liquidations. You can see they happened yesterday. Uh, we saw 200 million here at around 1,100 hours on the 5th of January. Then we saw about a, a half a billion dollars here on the 5th of January, around 1,500 hours. And then we saw another, you know, 40 million, 37 million, 80 million dollars liquidation. These are some of the largest liquidation candles that we've seen in quite some time. Every time we see a large liquidation event like this, we normally see a drop. Normally the drop is what's causing the liquidation and it can cause the drop to cascade. And that's what we're seeing. It's not something that we should be super scared of, but it is something that we need to know because we want to know how the market has actually uh, has actually why the market has moved in the way that it has. So with that said, let's go ahead and move into our next intermission here, guys. Let's go ahead and read some super chats, interact with you guys. And guys, thank you so very much to all, what is it, 4,200 of you watching the stream. Let's see if we can't get to 1,700 likes here in the next few minutes. Thank you so very much for tuning in. If you're new here, let me explain to you what this channel is and why you should subscribe. We are a channel that prides ourselves in bringing you high quality educational and informational content to help you achieve financial freedom here in cryptocurrency markets. That's that's the vision statement of the company. It's been my vision for the last four and a half years I've been running this channel, help you achieve financial freedom through crypto. And also, we want to help you achieve financial freedom for a greater reason. Why? Because I believe financial freedom is a very important part of what's going to allow you to drive a purpose-driven life because that's where you're really going to find fulfillment. Money's not going to bring you fulfillment. Believe me, I can tell you that. But what will is walking in your God-given purpose every single day, whether you believe in that or not, your purpose is something that is going to bring you ultimate fulfillment. And we want to help you achieve financial freedom so that you're able to 
not have to worry about that anymore. With that said, let's keep going here. Yeah, no, uh, before you answer one of, the, one of the super chats, I want to answer a, a question that's been asked by several people, so I'm going to just group them all together. Uh, Jeb, what are your thoughts on the head and shoulders pattern forming on Bitcoin right now? Ah, that's a good one. Yeah, so the head and shoulders pattern we have to take more seriously now because Bitcoin, and, and it's not that I wasn't taking it seriously before, but I wasn't taking it as seriously before. This head and shoulders pattern um, does... <sighs> Here's the thing. There was a head and shoulders pattern in 2020, 2021, right here. And the shoulder line was right down around $30,000. Right now, I would agree that this has kind of turned into a head and shoulders pattern. It's frankly a pretty ugly one. We would have to see a rally up to like $54,000 and then another drop for this really to turn into a head and shoulders pattern, in my opinion. I don't think this is confirmed as a head and shoulders pattern. Um, But what I would say to that is that the bottom here around $40,000 is kind of similar to the bottom here around uh, $30,000 that we saw back in March. We've seen a lot of fundamental development. We've seen a lot of sentiment continuing to increase. We've seen more attention on Bitcoin as there's been, uh, you know, tremors in the traditional stock market. So could this cause a drop on Bitcoin down to a, like a $30,000 or something? Maybe. Maybe. I'm not going to put a lot of stock in that at the moment. I don't have a lot of reason to believe that Bitcoin needs to go down to $30,000 yet. But do I think that we're going to follow through on the head and shoulders patterns actual price target, which would be $10,000? Absolutely not. I think that that is absolutely absurd. I would I would be remarkably surprised if we ever saw a $10,000 Bitcoin again. So could we see a break to the downside below the shoulder line around $40,000? Yes. I don't put a ton of stock in it, although I am taking it a little bit more seriously these days. Yeah. Uh, let's go to Super Chats here. We got one from Jason uh, Clark saying, what is the chance this was our spring? Uh, so we kind of answered that already, Jason, but uh, the, there is a chance, but it's not a guarantee or a certainty just yet. Uh, again, I think a lot of that has to do with watching the volume over the next candles. And, and as I said before, if we're doing something similar to what we did in the last accumulation phase, that one stayed at the bottom and the spring on the four hourly chart looked like it was about six candles wide. We've already played four, so I'm looking at the next two to kind of see what happens. We probably will know by tomorrow. I, I think tomorrow, most likely, Jeb, tell me if you do agree or disagree, we're probably going to see the price either go up a little bit. I'm not saying we're rallying to new all-time high tomorrow, but we'll probably go up uh, back around that 45, somewhere in that region, or we'll be dropping down to 39. I think, yeah, I, I think we're at an unstable point in the market right now. I think yeah. 42,000 is relatively unstable, and we're probably not going to stay here. We're going to pick one. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so some people are going to say, oh, well, yeah, it could, could go up, could go down. Well, the thing is, Bitcoin can actually has three options. It's not just can go up, can go down. It's also can go sideways. And we're saying it's probably not can go sideways. So that's the point we're making. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the crypto degenerate uh, just wanted to give a donation. <laughs> so no chat name. here. But what I'll do is there was a great question asked in chat by Lil John 414 that uh, we'll go, we're going to say he paid for. Uh, could it be possible that Bitcoin and Ethereum have started their bear market by looking at the downtrend on dominance? So we looked at I dominance would, already. We've talked yeah. about this a little bit. <clears throat> Dominance is never something that I have looked at for bull market, bear market. It can be tempting to do that because there is a certain trend that happened during the last bear market on Bitcoin where Bitcoin started regaining market dominance. But that's actually two problems with that. Number one, during the last bear market, Bitcoin was doing the opposite of what it's doing right now. What Bitcoin was doing right, what Bitcoin is doing right now on dominance is what Bitcoin was doing during the bull market, not the bear market. And the second problem with that is we only have one data point. So we can't really, you know, figure out where we're going. It's like if we have a line on a chart, let me show you this. If we have a line on a chart 
uh, <clears throat> we have one point and no second point, then the line can kind of go wherever you want. It's when you set that second point that you actually have some certainty. Okay, it's moving in, it's moving in this direction, right? You, right now with the market dominance, we have one point and we don't know if the other point's going to be here or here, or here, or here, or here, or here, or here. We need to set another point by finishing out this cycle, and then we can look at that data in three, four years from now. But I think it's way too early in the Bitcoin market to even be looking at market dominance as a uh, trend indicator for bull and bear markets just because simply we don't have enough data. We've only been through one bear market where market dominance mattered at all because mm -hmm. Bitcoin just maintained all of its market dominance straight through the first bear market that ever it ever went through. So I think it's actually too early in Bitcoin's history to be looking at that as an indicator of anything. Go ahead. I wanted to make a comment there too. And also okay. this is just uh, in agreement because uh, when I heard it yesterday on uh, around the blockchain with, uh, I can never remember the names uh, the, the, between Lifer the two brothers. Yesterday was Aaron. No, Aaron he, okay. he pointed out something that I, I, I've been thinking for a while and so I just wanted to highlight it. I, I definitely think we're right at the cusp of uh, we're harnessing so much of our perspective on what the cycles did in the last two cycles. I mean, this is a very young market, uh, but with the amount of just expedited growth growth that has happened exponentially in the last uh, 13 years, and more specifically in the last about six years with the you know advent of the the, the various uh, uh, altcoin ecosystems that have just, I'm talking, exploded onto this entire uh, crypto asset niche. Uh, I do think that we're starting to get to the tipping point of, I don't think it's just going to all of a sudden just everything's going to, you know, uncorrelate from each other and, you know, break break those trends that we've been doing. But I do think we're right at the cusp of, it. it's like, uh, like like you and I talked about it when we were talking about things that are hard to define. It's going to be interesting yeah. <laughs> because we, we yeah, have yeah, to yeah. we have to use historical data to come up with what our uh, a semblance of a plan when you're going into you know price discovery or new parts of a market. Mm -hmm. But I do think that we are starting to uh, you know the metaverse is probably going to interact differently than DeFi, and there's gonna, they're going to yep. end up defining their own cycles, mm -hmm. and that's exactly. going to relate more with traditional mm -hmm. stuff. And then you're going to have Bitcoin to, doing differently than uh, uh, Ethereum, and that's yep. going to do differently from gaming, you know, play to earn games. So we just need to keep an eye on this, look historical, but also see how we can define when these trends are changing and we can adjust our, our strategies. And by the way, guys, two things, then we're going to move into Ethereum here. Number one, give me a one in chat if you found the channel from the Altcoin Daily interview that I did about a week ago. Had an amazing time. Austin was an incredible host. He's very, very polite, very kind, just had some great questions. I really enjoyed that interview. For all of our subscribers that didn't see that, go check out the Altcoin Daily uh, channel of interview that I did over there with them Went up about a week ago on New Year's day. Had a lot of fun. Drop a one in chat if you found the channel from that. And also, too, tell us in chat if, if Kelly should move down to Florida so that you can see his smiling <laughs> face on stream more because he's only got two more days left in Florida. So tomorrow's going to be your last stream in person for a little while, isn't it, Kelly? It's going to be my last stream in person for a while, but uh, I'm uh, I'm working in coordination with the the king of production over here, Mr. Smainold. Smainold. Uh, Smainold. We're, we're trying to figure out a ways to get a couple, uh, so not to do it all the time, but so when we need some remote uh, co-hosting and stuff, because, you know, for instance, next week you're going to be, uh, we have a lot of stuff going on. And, and uh, for those of you who don't know, this, this hour and a half show that we do in the morning is the smallest amount of time that we actually spend during the week. I mean, everything we do leads to our ability to do this hour and a half in the morning. But there's so yeah. much other stuff in the background. And it's hard to keep everybody in office, to, you know, and also participate in uh, different uh, conventions and uh, networking and, and whatever it is. So we're trying to really make this show as valuable as possible by giving y'all the most value uh, and Ooh. making it robust. You know, that's, that's our only intention. I'm excited um, for the fact that Kelly just let us Southern out for a little bit. Hey. He said y'all. Hey. 
Hey, y'all. Our New York City boy hey, down here he is just from, said, y'all. He's from Texas. I know he's from Texas. He's, he's letting it out. Texas boy. Letting yeah. it loose. I'm a man of the world, you know. I also he, lived he in Southeast y'all. Asia, but, you know. He said, y'all. Hey, y'all. Drop a y'all in chat if you like If you like the, yeah, I mean, you can take the boy out of the country. You can't take the country out of the boy. Nevertheless, let's keep going, guys. Bitcoin and Ethereum. We already talked about Bitcoin. Now it's time for Ethereum. In the last two months, we had talked about how Ethereum was in a major symmetrical triangle, uh, excuse me, a major ascending wedge, how it was probably going to break bearish out of it, that it did. And then once it started breaking bearish and Bitcoin started to fall over around November of last year, we started looking for longer term support levels. One of the major longer term support levels that I outlined to you was the 50% retracement on Fibonacci from our bottom back here in July, all the way up to our top here on 8th of November. We saw $3,300 was the level that we want to be looking out for. And so when we saw that, I drew three levels. I drew a level at 29.30, I drew a level at 3,300, and I drew a level here at 3,600 based on Fibonacci. This is technical analysis at work. I'm just the messenger. I'm not taking credit for this. Fibonacci just happens to work. It's a very interesting thing. We can see that we held $3,600 for quite some time, but we have now broken below it. And guess where we went next? We went straight to the Fibonacci level, guys. It's almost like technical analysis works. There's a reason why we teach technical analysis in the Cryptocurrency Technical Analysis Academy. If you want to learn everything that we're doing on this stream, check the link down below. You can sign up and uh, start learning how to do technical analysis so that you can do it on any market that you want. Fibonacci is one of the things we teach. Right now, we're sitting on top of that $3,300 level. But we're going to go ahead and delete that, and we're going to look at some other TA here. First and foremost, we had a falling trading channel here on uh, Ethereum's RSI we've actually broken bearish out of it. The RSI on Ethereum right now is pulled all the way down to 32. And you know, it's really tempting. Every single time I, I've been in, I've, so I got into the market July 31st, 2017. It's been four and a half years. Every single time, like, I'm not even joking. I mean, every single time that Bitcoin, Ethereum, anything drops down to 3,200, uh, 32 on the RSI. I'm like, oh, we're going to go lower. We're going to go lower. We're going to go lower. And invariably we bounce invariably. It sometimes takes a little while almost certainly you see a bounce and it shows on the RSI here. We drop down to uh, 29, you know, 23 in March of 2020 bounce. We drop down to 35 on May 20th bounce. We drop down to 32 down here on the, on June bounce. We drop down to 36 bounce. We drop down to 35 bounce. We don't sit down here long guys. We do this whole sideways trading stuff up here around 40 to 60. Sometimes we'll do it around 45. Sometimes we'll do it around 60. Normally we're doing it up here around 55, maybe even up to 60. But it's very rare that you'll see the market trade sideways for an extended period of time anywhere near 30. I mean, look at the la- look at the history on um, on uh, on uh, Ethereum's RSI. And if we were able to draw a VPVR through this, you would see that there's almost no trading time that took place down here around 32. All of the data is up here. It's right in here. It's right there. Up here. Up here. You see how all of this is coming together in these different areas. Very very rarely do we spend much time down here. At all and that's where RSI is right now on on uh, Ethereum. We have a strong reason to believe that a bottom is close. Now we might see a small bounce and then a drop even lower. That could happen, but at the moment it looks like it bounces around the corner. And that would make sense because we do have strong support at $3,300. Again, I'm not talking about a giant bounce, talking maybe a couple hundred bucks, and maybe we drop down to $3,000 after that. But I do think we're going to see some kind of small recovery rally here in the next little while. It is sharply bearish, though, and I want to remind you of that. Just because we're getting kind of a buy signal from RSI, I'd be careful about getting buy and sell signals from RSI. That's not what it was designed to do. The thing you need to keep in mind, though, is that RSI was actually designed not to give you buy and sell signals. It wasn't even designed to give you overextension signals. It was designed to tell you who's in charge, the bull 
Miller of the Bears. Right now, the Bears are in charge, and that's the point it's making, so I don't want to miss that. The MACD is also quite bearish right now. We are at the lowest point that we've been in quite some time, hearkening back to October of last year. It's probably going to be a little while before we see a, a bullish MACD cross, but at the moment, that's where we are. Now, another thing to mention on the Bollinger Bands is that we do have expanding volatility. We're actually below the Bollinger Bands right now, and if we look out to the weekly chart, we can see that we're actually getting pretty close to the bottom Bollinger Band, which, uh, go figure, is sitting down here around $3,000, which is our next support level. So, the point I'm making here so far is that, is that Ethereum has already seen quite a bit of bearishness. There is an opportunity for it to have a small bounce and a correction down to $3,000. And quite frankly, if Bitcoin doesn't manage to hold 42, this is very likely what's going to happen. So this is my scenario. The one I've drawn on the chart right here is my scenario. If Bitcoin does not hold $42,000 and Bitcoin drops down to, you know, 37, 38, 39, 40, this is what I think is going to happen. And I do think you'll see a $3,000 Ethereum in that case. If Bitcoin, on the other hand, decides to hold 42, then we'll probably see a little bit of sideways action here around 33. And then we'll start to see a gradual movement to the upside. We might see a more sharp movement to the upside on Bitcoin. I think we'd see a more gradual movement to the upside on Ethereum because Ethereum has lagged behind Bitcoin in this drop. Bitcoin's down 40%, Ethereum's down 33 <coughs> The reason that that's significant is because Ethereum um, is still it's still holding on to some of those bulls. Some of those some of those some of those bulls that really need to sell to get shaken out have not let go yet in the way that a lot of the Bitcoin bulls have let go. You kind of got to let go to move forward. That's how uh, life works and that's how markets work as well. With that said, let's go ahead and take a look here at Lux Algo. It's going to be brief because Lux Algo uh, doesn't give us signals very often, but when it does, it gives us very powerful ones. We have been in a downtrend on Lux Algo on the daily chart since the 16th of November. That's all we really need to know. Boom. That's what we need to know on daily chart. But here's the other thing. We actually just pulled back down into the top of the EQ of the reversal zone on Lux Algo. This is, I've actually been told uh, by the owner of Lux Algo that this is one of his favorite parts of the entire indicator package. There's like 25 indicators in the entire package. This is one of his favorites, the reversal zones. He, tr he joked like, are we actually going to give this away? We should keep this to ourselves. And, and they did. They put it here in Lux Algo. We're currently sitting on top of that reversal zone. Take a look at what happened the last several times that we got up to the top of a reversal zone or even to the bottom of a reversal zone like we did back here. Normally, it means that you're about to, well, you're in the zone of reversal. That's what we're looking at. So I do think the bottom is relatively close. We could ride this to the downside a little bit more, though. So just be on the lookout for that. Four-hourly chart. Going to run through this quickly. It's very similar to what we saw on Bitcoin. Uh, we are currently in the uh, reversal zone. You know, the trend catcher has jumped off a cliff. So if we did go into an uptrend, we moved up to $3,500, $3,600, we would see a strong uh, uptrend start on the four hourly chart as confirmed by Lux Algo. That would be a very good sign. But in this case, I really do think Ethereum is going to follow Bitcoin's lead no matter what Lux Algo says on Ethereum's four hourly chart. With that said, guys, with that said, let's keep moving here. What we're going to do now is we're actually going to uh, check in with the chat and we're going to do a couple more altcoins. So we're going to look at AVAX and Matic first and then we're going to go ahead and read some super chats because I know there's a few that we need to get to. Thank you guys so much for your continued donations, by the way. What's up, Tim? I I want to I want to pause for just a second. Okay. I I I, I talked about this actually with uh, Smay uh, we'll doing see. something in the future. Whenever we disagree with something, like having like a bell that's like ding ding ding, Button. like little like debates. So so I I want to look at something real quick with them. So you're still on your chart with Ethereum. I'm on my chart with uh, Ethereum now. Could you pull up the Bollinger Bands and I the can. RSI? I can. All right, so this is a question, and I I must say, uh, what, what I'm about to say will disagree with what I've said four, last week. Four-hourly four chart, you said? Uh, go to the, start on the daily chart, actually. Uh, so I was of the opinion 
that Ethereum was going to be in a season of being a little bit lagging behind Bitcoin. But I have a couple <laughs> a couple qualms with myself about that opinion when I'm looking at it right now. Because first of all, actually, you know what? Expand out to the three-day chart. Let's start a little bit bigger. Okay. On the three-day chart, we are for sure not only at the bottom of the Bollinger Bands, we are also putting ourselves in a nice, fat, bullish RSI divergence. Also, there's a descending level of support that if you're touching on the wicks, uh, let's see, if you're on the three-day chart, you see that red candle on the 16th of October? Yes. Anchor right there, and then go through, let it touch that wick on the 3rd of December, and then obviously it runs through what we're doing right now on that three-day uh, red candle. Yep. There's a, there's a descending level of support right there. We're at the bottom of the Bollinger Bands. We are setting a bullish RSI divergence. The MACD is kind of moving sideways. While technically it's moving down a little bit right now, as we all know, MACD is kind of a lagging indicator. It, it, that's kind of an indecision point for me on the MACD. The RSI is screaming bullish. The the Bollinger Bands are screaming bullish, and there is a descending level of support right there. When you move to the daily chart, you're going to see the exact same thing. We're over, way overextended on the Bollinger Bands. We still have that bullish RSI divergence in the same kind of format that we had with the three day uh, the three daily chart. So I actually am of the opinion, when I'm looking at this, I actually think that Ethereum could become explosive and take and rally back over Bitcoin. What I haven't looked at yet, which I, which we could technically, is what the Ethereum over Bitcoin chart looks like. It's at the on the daily chart at the bottom of its Bollinger Band. It isn't a season. It, it's actually kind of uh, accumulating right now. It's kind of small, which, as we know, is screaming a breakout. Could we see Ethereum actually see, have an explosive rally. Like I know I was calling like a week ago, so I was saying we we're gonna see uh, boring action, but I, I'm actually looking at technicals now, especially on the longer time frames that are kind of pointing towards an explosive Ethereum uh, bounce. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, Jeb and Kelly? So let me ask you this, yeah. Where, where's the money gonna come from? I mean, the same place that the money will come from every other crypto. I think a lot of the money that's going into the altcoin space right now is coming from Ethereum. I think that's why it's been dropping over the last little while. Yeah. Is a lot of people are selling their Bitcoin and Ethereum for the altcoins. That is why we've seen Bitcoin and Ethereum market dominance decline. And that's why I think that Ethereum is going to struggle to do what you said. Because I think when people are looking to find capital, obviously they're looking on the sidelines for things that are in stable coins. But especially as we draw deeper into this correction over the last two months, I think people are looking at their big gainers that they've had over the last two years, such as Ethereum, such as Bitcoin, and they're selling them into the smaller cap coins. So my question to you then is, yeah. where is the money going to come from to allow Ethereum to take the lead over Bitcoin, especially when Ethereum has not not dropped as far as Bitcoin has, and there's a bigger opportunity to buy a lower dip on Bitcoin than there is in Ethereum? Well, I, I think the first thing I would say is I think that there's actually going to be money coming into both Bitcoin and Ethereum on the uh, from institutions here very soon. And I don't think that one of them... So I, I think another thing, and we need to make sure I, people don't misunderstand us, I don't think either one of us are saying just because one's explosive, the other has to be boring. Sure. They could yeah. both be explosive, oh, yeah. just one lags behind the other. Sure. Uh, what I'm looking at right here, it, it, I, I want to do more digging, and I'm not going to do it on this stream, but like we are in a bull pennant right now on the Ethereum over Bitcoin chart. That could show us that we're uh, going to be going up. Um, we are, again, Ethereum is actually, when you're looking at charts, if we were looking at these charts side by side, Ethereum over Ethereum and Bitcoin side by side, when you look at the three-day chart and the daily chart, Ethereum's technicals actually are showing a little more explosion. Uh, when As far as you're asking, I don't think I have a good answer for where's that money coming from, other than potentially you might see some of these institutions say, hey, let's invest in both of these, but Ethereum's sitting in a great spot right now. Yeah. We know that their projects are 
are doing great. There's a lot of their projects that are gaining traction right now. And when those are gaining traction, we know people are going to look deeper into those and say, man, Ethereum is really doing good stuff. We know that at some point this year, ETH 2.0 is coming out. And maybe people go ahead and risk, the, risk it and say, mm-hmm. hey, even though ETH 2.0 isn't out yet, we think it's going to come. And the projects on ETH are doing amazingly. This mm. is a good buy right now. Well, tell us in chat, are you on team truck or team beard? That's what our t- that's what our team names are. <laughs> our it's been a while. Symbols. Our ticker symbols. Yeah, are you on team BRD or team TRK? Tell us in chat which team you are on. But let's keep moving here so that we can get through all of our content, guys. We're going to look at Avalanche really quickly here. Avalanche is in a very, very interesting position. It's about to go through a... Avalanche, it has just broken some support. I bet you, I bet half of the audience just cringed so hard and the other half just died of laughter. I don't think there was a single person that didn't have a funny reaction to what I just did there. Right now, Avalanche is breaking bullish or breaking bearish below a long-term uptrend that has been uh, respecting ever since July of 2021. It doing this basically tells me we're going to pull back down to 80 bucks. And I'm just going to kind of tell you what I think up front, and then I'll substantiate it. We're in a symmetrical triangle pattern, guys. We broke bearish. We are now breaking bearish below two support levels, 99, 100 bucks, let's call it. And then this uptrend, now it's kind of in free fall. There's not a lot of support beneath it other than an uptrend right here, which respectfully, it could bounce off of right around $88, but it's probably not going to. In my opinion, we're going to see Avalanche either pull back down to $88 on this uptrend, or it's going to pull back down to $80 on this bottom. And I think Avalanche is going to have a difficult time going into a big uptrend unless the rest of the cryptocurrency market does. With that said, it is already 40% down. And if it did go down all the way to to $80, it'd be down 46%. So we'll see what happens. But I do think that you're going to see a little bit more bearishness on Avalanche. I think it's a good time to be dollar cost averaging into a bottom, but I don't think the absolute bottom is in just yet. Let's also take a quick sneak peek at Matic. Matic is a cryptocurrency you guys have talked about quite a bit. It is currently in a long, long, long-term uptrending trading channel. It's also very close to the bottom. That's really the main thing I want to show you here on Matic. If you've been looking to buy Matic, now probably isn't a terrible time as far as the technicals are concerned, just on a preliminary look. But what we can also see is that there's potentially some bullish RSI divergence going on as well. You can see that the RSI has a lower low forming here on the daily chart, higher lows forming here on the daily chart's price action. So that is a bullish thing. Like I said, it's also pretty close to these two ultra long-term trend lines. This one goes back to May of 2021. This one goes back to April of 2021. So Matic is in a decent buy spot right now. But with that said, we're going to go ahead and check in with the chat, and then we're going to keep on moving here, guys. Yeah. We, so crypto, the, the crypto degenerate actually ended up commenting <laughs> later because he was the one that donated and, and didn't get a post. So I don't read his question in chat. He said in the past crypto markets, uh, in the past, the crypto markets have gone through a four year cycle. This time, it seems like everyone believes in the lengthening cycle. Is it possible that a longer cycle is due to March of 2020 crash? I like Kelly answer yeah. that first. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think you can directly relate it to that crash. I think, uh, you know, I wouldn't even call it a crash, but the correction corrections happen along the way in markets. And I think the nature of the lengthening cycles is more relevant to the depth and width and and volume that's in this market. And the, you know, uh, the level of institutional players, big money, the number of wallets, uh, as things grow, it it takes a lot more energy to move them and and, and change directions, whether it be up or down or left or right or whatever it is, just like a, like a cruise ship. Uh, but the other half of that answer 
would be uh, what we were just mentioning uh, a couple minutes ago about uh, how these markets will start to uh, break away from each other and move a little more independently within the whole crypto ecosystem. Uh, crypto ecosystem. But I think that, uh, yeah, I think with the, the larger the markets get at, and because the having is, you know, getting more and more uh, diminished to where it actually is influencing uh, the supply flow. Uh, it's, it's inevitable that at some point we won't, I don't think we'll, you know, and I would say somewhere in, I don't know, I, I don't know what the answer is. Six, six to twelve years, somewhere in there, we'll get to a point where the 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 twelve the four year cycle wouldn't even be relevant to looking yeah. at how we're looking at it anymore. Uh, it's just going to be more of a dynamic. Uh, it's going to ebb and flow. It's going to create its own cycle. Yeah, the four year cycle is something that I don't think there's an argument against it's going to stop being relevant at some point. The question is when. I think we're moving in that direction. But the original question was, and correct me if I'm wrong here, um, are we still feeling the effects of the March 2020 drop? Is that basically yeah, what we Yeah, pretty heard? much. Are, are, is, the, is the extended cycle due to that 2020 drop? I wouldn't say so. I think that that... I think that had a very interesting impact on the market at the time, but more so than the drop itself, I would say the economic climate ever since has been what's really uh, taken a toll, not taken a toll, impacted Bitcoin actually in a positive way because there's a lot of uncertainty around traditional markets right now, guys. The stock market is rallying big time. Real estate's rallying big time. But everybody who knows anything about economies knows that that's not a good sign. You know, a lot of the retail looks at that and says, oh, great. We just went through a giant pandemic and we didn't have a crash. We didn't have a recession. Session. Times are great. No, they're not. They are not time great. They are just not great. You know what we're doing? We're kicking the can down the road. We're saying, oh, there's no problem. No, there is a problem. The can's right there. You just kicked it into the future. We got to deal with this at some point, guys. And everybody who knows anything about economies knows it will catch up with us. And a lot of those smart money people are moving into crypto right now in five years after we've gone through a big recession, because I can't tell you if there's going to be a recession this year or next year or the next three years, but I can tell you something. There will be a recession in the next 10 years. And when it happens, retail is going to realize, oh yeah, we can't trust the Fed because they could have stopped this by allowing us to have a proper recession in 2008 instead of propping the market up and kicking the can further down the road. But I could go on that tangent all day long, so yeah. I'm not going to. Uh, we have more Super Chats here. Randy Marsh said, hey, Jeb, thank you for all of your content. Just curious if you'd be able to share your thoughts on uh, Jero Wallet within the Cardano ecosystem. I haven't used it. Kelly, yeah. do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, Jero Wallet is actually interesting because uh, they they integrate all kind of different features that some wallets are just independent, just a, a wallet, uh, but in, in that standalone case. But with Jero Wallet, it integrates to where you can do use all kinds of different DeFi, uh, whether it be staking, or, sorry, yield farming, borrowing and lending. Uh, mm -hmm. all, there's just a number of different things you can do on it. And I, I think of it, uh, I think it is uh, somewhat highly regarded in terms of uh, their uh, legitimacy. And so uh, if, if you want to use it, use it. I, 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 I stand by it. Thumbs up go. from Kelly. Yeah. There you go. Uh, cool. T-Shirt, did you have any thoughts on that? I you, don't. Okay, I, you, I you, look, you might have had one, but I maybe you didn't. All right, we have a joke here from uh, Rhino Seth. Uh, preface that this is a joke. So uh, he said, please give me your opinion on USDT. Uh, from what oh, I can yeah. see, there's not a lot of price action, but between you and me, I think it's getting ready to pump. Well, I actually made can a video. we some TA on it? I was yeah. going to say, I actually on, um, I believe the video came out, what day was it? What Probably day was it? April Fool's. It was April 1st, I think was the day the video came out. Yeah, April 1st of 2018, I actually did some technical analysis on US Dollar Teller. So go back and watch that. 
Everybody who watched that video fell for it and thought I was just a giant idiot. It was really funny. It's Dude, in the, a com- it's- the comments on that video are so are gold. If you need a reason to go back on the channel, go find the technical analysis I did on USDT. By the way, the first two years on the channel, I had to do one takes. I didn't have the ability to edit videos, so I had to hold my laughs in for like seven minutes. It was yep. the funniest video I've ever made. It's in a, it's in a forever trading channel. It is in a forever <laughs> trading channel. It for, is. Yeah. For uh, I actually pulled it. <laughs> it's up. acting like a stable coin. <laughs> Can you believe it? Oh, is this the MACD? On yeah, USDT? the MACD does move around quite a bit. I know it does. Yeah, no, there's volatility. <laughs> uh, Leon the Dutch <laughs> Leon the Dutch uh, chimed in and said, hey guys, Goldman Sachs talks a lot about Bitcoin in the news going to 100K. So this is articles that have been coming up the last couple of days. Yep. Isn't that a strange sign that banks are positive about Bitcoin? Your view, thanks. The banks are doing that for PR. And the reason I say that is because if they keep bashing Bitcoin, they're going to lose their customers. They, the bank, So a lot of people think that the banks transition from being anti-crypto to pro-crypto was because they had this change of heart and they realized that the the good news of Bitcoin is coming and us banks, we're so evil and we need to lay down our arms to Bitcoin. No, no, guys. Their PR team said you're going to lose half your client base if you don't allow for Bitcoin and crypto. You know, we're going to see traditional finance and decentralized finance start to merge. We've seen PayPal adopting Bitcoin. We've seen Robinhood adopting Bitcoin. We've seen all kinds of companies adopting Bitcoin. We have seen banks now start adopting Bitcoin. We've seen cities adopting Bitcoin. You're going to see a merger. You're going to see both of those ecosystems overlap because the banks know that if they don't if they don't join them they're not going to beat them and they will get left behind so I, it's I, a pr thing i would I say i also think it has a little bit to do with uh, the fact that they said that right around the 4th and the 5th uh, what happened right then right after those articles came out the price dropped yep I, I think it might have a little bit it's to do with manipulation. A double, it's probably a double motive, and they're yeah. also trying to freak people out and fud them so that they can drop the price so that they can buy back in so that they can offer cheaper Bitcoin to the people that they have as clients. But there's a lot that goes keep, into the manipulation of the banking sector. Keep remembering, and this isn't a foolproofing. It's not 100%. Every now and then, there is a time where someone gives a bullish opinion article, and the price goes up, and vice versa, they give a bearish opinion, and the price goes down. But I want, for those of you who've been following crypto for a while now, I've been in it for a little over a year. You you tell me, isn't there a correlation between bullish opinions and then the price seems to drop and bearish opinions and the price seems to rally? If you go back and do your TA on those yeah. articles, you're going to find more often than not that correlation is pretty, uh, pretty interesting. Well, also, yeah. the, the more mainstream that opinion is yeah. supported by, yep. for instance, uh, up until and I, I think this has probably started to shift. But up until about a year and a half ago, at minimum, there was kind of a funny thing amongst uh, people that have been here, like, you know, amongst us uh, traders that have been yep. in the game for five, six years that we, we started noticing any time that there was a positive uh, news, news story on C- CNBC, MSNBC, like the second mm-hmm. it would come on, like yep. it seems like, okay, sell because sell, in about sell. three days we're about to drop. <laughs> uh, and I think it started, the winds have started to shift on that because it now, now Bitcoin tr- and crypto is truly in the zeitgeist. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the general public very much knows about it, but I do agree. That's a great question you had because uh, I've, I've actually been speculating on that too. Like, okay, Goldman Sachs is now pumping. 100k does that mean it's definitely not going to happen or <laughs> yeah. or or is this kind of uh feeding the frenzy much later on down the road so they're kind of planting that seed that is possible maybe we have a lot of sideways action this year and it's the longest bull cycle we've ever seen and we don't start really we, we don't know but either way all you can do is trade the charts uh read the yeah. context of
of what's happening in the media and and and, and set your stop well, losses and trade smart. Well, even further, even further, continue to thought that with the articles, with Kelly. You know, for those who have researched Wyckoff, not just what Wyckoff theory is, but the history of Richard Wyckoff, you'll know he talks about article manipulation and the timeliness of when things are put into place, and that was as far back as the 1920s. So since the 1920s. News has been used as a form to weed people in and out of crypto to help the whales or the composite man get the, the price action man. he wants. So let's keep moving on, though. Super <clears throat> Chats. Uh, we have a couple. We have one. Uh, just a donation from Paul Norton. So, Paul, if there was something you wanted to ask or say, uh, tag me or T-Shroom or Kelly or somebody so we can grab that one. But uh, thank you for the donation if you just wanted to support the team. Yeah. Corey Bates said, uh, uh, Jeb versus Peter Schiff debate. <laughs> Be interesting. 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 Uh, Mojo said, thoughts on Bitcoin monthly RSI? Yeah, actually, if you got, we talked about that earlier on the show. It, there's an uptrend if you look at, see if I can remember here. If you look at December of 2018, you look at March of 2020, and then you look at now, we need to go down one more point to grab it. I believe I got that right, but we talked about it earlier on in the show, actually. So scrub back in our Bitcoin TA and you'll find that. Yeah. It's about, it was about 40 minutes ago or so. Yep. Uh, let's see. Do you have time for a couple more before yeah, we keep yeah, going? Yeah. Yeah. Carlos C. said your opinion on AMP, and do any of you guys own AMP? I don't personally own AMP, so I'm not the most up-to-date on it. I try and stay up-to-date mainly on the cryptos that I'm invested in. Um, Kelly, can you tell – do you know a little bit about AMP? Or do you have any AMP? I, I had some AMP. I, that was uh, – some of the smaller coins uh, like that when they're, I would say, below the 150 mark uh, on the coin market r rankings, I tend to do a lot more uh, either day or swing trading on because of the volatility. Um but uh, no, it's, I, I think it's a solid project, but I think it's, uh, there's so much speculation around it. There was a rumor that Amazon was going to implement AMP and then, so everybody got super excited about they that got amped. and it didn't happen. And then the prices. So, I mean, I, it's a solid project and they have, I think yeah. it's a Flexa. Is it Flexa that's, uh, that runs uh, on top of AMP, which is uh, essentially going to be, uh, it's, it's, uh, thought of to be probably something very likely to be used by major, major uh, sales platforms online for uh, for transaction processing. But again, this is all the thing that, you know, it's not like Chainlink that's uh, fully implemented and everybody knows it's uh, absolutely tested and true. Uh, AMP and Flexa, uh, uh, there's so many speculations that I just, I feel like uh, I'm just waiting for some follow through on, on, on those things, but they're solid projects. There you go. Well, how about that guys? Well, really quickly here, I want to move into a discussion, but I do want to bring you a word from one of the sponsors of our channel, which we actually are very proud to bring you, the North American Bitcoin Conference, which is going to be happening on the 17th. Myself, Greg, who's in chat right now, and a couple of our other team members are actually going to be there in person. And here's why you might be interested in joining us down in Miami this year. There is a lot going on down there, guys. They got some amazing masterclasses. You're going to be learning from major, major power players, technologists, disruptive pioneers in the cryptocurrency space. They're going to be sharing insider insights. They're going to be showing you wisdom about the cryptocurrency markets. You're going to have a lot of really great speakers showing up. For example, let me just read you some names here. Mark Cuban is going to be there. Nayib Bukele, the uh, the president of El Salvador, as he calls himself, the CEO of El Salvador. Uh, Francis Suarez, the mayor of Miami, is going to be there. You're also going to have founders from Tether, Ethereum, Tezos, Tron, Voyager, and Phantom discuss and debate and design the future of crypto. By the way, guys, this is the oldest conference in Bitcoin, the oldest major longest running conference in crypto. They've been doing it for eight years. Major projects 
that you've heard of like Ethereum were launched at this at this conference. So this is an unmissable event. If you have any interest of going to a conference this year, this is one that you do not want to miss. And like I said, we're going to be there. There's about 4,000 people showing up. We're going to be four of the people showing up. So you will probably be able to find us and we want to meet as many of you guys as possible. Get your tickets down below. You can get 20% off with our link only. If you hit the link down below, you'll get 20% off. Not only will you be getting access to an amazing event, you'll also be helping to support our channel and fund our journey to go there and meet you guys. So make sure to check that out down below. The time is running out on that because obviously the conference is only about a week and a half away. So make sure to check out all of that information. But let's go ahead and keep moving here. Let's read the rest of our Super Chats and then yeah. I have a question for the table. Yeah, we got uh, Leon the Dutch said, what thus the beginning exchange, I don't know if you meant thus, but what thus the beginning of the Bitcoin exchange flow in or out or crypto quant say about the Bitcoin price going up or down? Thanks. I'm sorry. I, I, I am trying to piece what together. Does. What he, he said what thus. He meant what does, I think. Okay, uh, maybe. I, 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 sure. think that, I think that's what he meant. So what? He, so so here's the deal. Um, Kelly, tell me if I'm wrong on this because I haven't seen the data in three or four days. But uh, the exchange flows are still very bullish. There's still actually I think we just hit a three or four year low on the amount of Bitcoin on exchanges. People are pulling Bitcoin off exchanges at a remarkable rate. As we see mm -hmm. the cryptocurrency market develop, we're starting to see Bitcoin turn more into this digital gold thing that people have been talking about for a very long time. The supply has become more and more illiquid, and that's a very bullish thing because it means that Bitcoin becomes more and more and more more solid, strong, foundational uh, backbone, if you will, for the cryptocurrency market. And then what you see is you see all the trading and volatility happening in Ethereum and the altcoins, but Bitcoin is starting to stable out. So as people are pulling Bitcoin off of exchanges, what it tells us is that the market's a lot more stable. And yes, just so you know, we are still seeing people pull uh, Bitcoin off of exchanges because they are trying to use it as a backbone. And here's one of the big changes that's happened in the last four years, guys. Whenever Bitcoin, uh, excuse me, whenever people are taking profits out of crypto, they used to take it out into stable coins and they used to take it out into US dollars. But now what a lot of people are doing is they're taking their profits out in Bitcoin. And that's a big cultural shift in, uh, to use a, a word that I just love that Kelly used a while ago. You know, I hear this word like once a year, the zeitgeist is changing in Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. That's what we're seeing happen. People are using Bitcoin as their take profit vehicle rather than US dollars. And that is a huge, huge buy signal for the next 10 years. Hmm. Uh, a couple more super chats that came in here just a second ago. We have one from Arif Usman who said, Hey, George. Uh, you know, I think that's going with we're all George from. Uh, we're all George. <laughs> I like George. We I love, love George. By the way, so go, go tell George I would love to come on his channel. Yeah, yeah, we we, we enjoyed George. having him. Hey, George, can guy. you please share your thoughts on uh, CRV considering almost $24 billion yeah. of a TV? Uh, CRV. Let's see that's here. Yeah, I was going to say, that's Curve. I was, I'm not the most versed on Curve, so yeah. I will let Kelly answer that. Curve is actually an incredible project. It's uh, pretty much cross Curve DAO token, yeah. Yeah, it's a cross-chain yeah. DVIS. I think it's... I Pretty sure it's the most locked in TVL total value locked uh, uh, in in the DeFi space. Uh, and, I mean, it's a super super incredible. It is project. actually. I have DeFi Llama yeah. up here. Yeah, you can show them while you're talking. Sorry, I didn't mean to. No, it, no, it's just saying it's just, it's just an incredible. I think it integrates across uh, Ethereum, Avalanche, yeah, Phantom, uh, Phantom, the, the, a lot of the layer ones, oh, uh, DeFi protocols, uh, and it's got an incredible amount of, uh, of billions of dollars uh, locked in on it. Mm -hmm. um, super solid project. Yeah. Absolutely. Last yeah. last one I see, Guns and Crypto said, I just recently discovered Velos claims to be the fastest TXS uh, 75K. Any thoughts? 
Say that again. I'm not a tech guy, so I don't know what that means. I just recently discovered Velos claims to be the fastest oh, TX no over S 75k. Transactions a second. Okay. Well, I know what I know what TXS means. He's he's saying it's going to be the fastest transactions a second. It said how many thousands? 75. 75,000. There are chains out there that can do more than 75,000 transactions a second. Avalanche is theoretically infinitely scalable, so I don't know about that, but maybe it does, and that that's great. You know, there at some point, guys, transactions per second. It kind of becomes a moot point because Visa and MasterCard collectively, I, I want to say, do about 70,000 transactions a second. If you can do more than 70,000 transactions a second, you're fine. You're fine. Like, <laughs> don't worry about it. Like, Ethereum and Bitcoin have a big problem because they're dealing with, you know, 7, 10, 12, 15 transactions a second until ETH 2.0 comes online and Lightning Network comes online. But um, yeah, some of these cryptocurrencies that can do mm. 20 million transactions a second, what are you, what you're using, you're, you're, you're over. You're overdeveloping your technology to have a to have a statistic that your marketing team can use at, at one point. And I'm not necessarily saying that's what it's doing, but three years ago, having the most transactions per second was a big deal because there was a huge problem with ticks per second. But most layer one protocols at this point have plenty of transactions per second, with the notable exception of Ethereum, but that should be changing. All right, last one that literally just popped up. Eric Liddell said, PulseX, it is the new BitConnect. Should I stop my friend from dropping 10K in Sacrifice? There's no R. Sacrifice? So. Sacrifice. Um, word. So BitConnect was a $2 billion Ponzi scheme for anybody who doesn't know what it was. I actually had a BitConnect account back in the day. If you go back on one of the first videos on the YouTube channel, you can see where it was pinned. Um, and uh, I fell for it for a little bit. I didn't lose any money because when BitConnect shut down, they actually let you withdraw your money. But BitConnect token went from $423 to zero in about four hours after they exit scammed. Um, and it's also... Squidcoin. It, yeah, Squidcoin <laughs> is another big one. But Pulse, PulseX is one that I don't know about and I'm not going to call it a Ponzi scheme or a BitConnect until I know. Um, so I'm not going to answer that, but I will encourage you guys just to be careful about um, Ponzi schemes because they are out there and there's a lot of ways that people are going to try and steal your money. And there's a lot of info, especially if you're if you're messaging us right now through the computer. That means you have access to a computer, yeah. which means you have access to a, a, a lovely tool that I, I I find so much information through. It's called Google, <laughs> uh, and you can do, uh, there's so many different forums you can go to, and don't go to one forum just like us. Don't just come to our channel. Like you got to get different viewpoints on stuff so you can form your own opinion. And Tim says it all the time. Jeb says it all the time. And now I'm saying it. We don't want to tell you what to think and what to buy and what when to trade. We want to, we, we share all these things that we're going through in our mind, how we're looking at the market, why we're looking at it, why we look at a coin, why we don't, uh, and what we think about yeah. that. So, so you can take minutes from that. You can take moments from that and fit and correlate that into your strategy mm. and how you think in your process so that you can establish a better, more consistent, profitable track record with your trading and a free financial future. Well, let me ask one more question. Then we're going to wrap out here. <laughs> this is going to be a good one. Tim. Yes. Why is Dogecoin still worth $20 billion? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, I, I do think community is a, a powerful thing. And, and I think that, you know, to be fair to those coins that a lot of people call, which I don't, I don't meme use coins. language. Meme but, coins. Uh, yeah, meme coins. I think coins. Shiba Inu, for example, is actually working to develop. They are actually trying whether to do something. Whether yeah. their tech really amounts. Well, Doge has a team of people developing, I don't too. know if it's the same I, level, I think though. it boils down to one thing. At the end of the day, the same reason why gold people debate with about uh, Bitcoin being valuable. And the argument <laughs> it is, it all comes down to, it all comes down to uh, if there's a share consensus that this holds value. And there's millions of people that, uh, maybe not millions, hundreds of thousands of people <laughs> that have invested in Doge. 
<laughs> I'm so pleased with myself that I brought this up. I this is a very funny to me. But I'm not uh, I'm not an investor in Doge. I'm well, also in a in in a recent Lex Friedman podcast, Elon Musk continued to share his faith in Doge. There you go. Boom. And, that's the answer to the question. I'm I mean, it, <laughs> yeah. And he in the points he makes are are compelling, definitely to someone who's kind of new to the crypto space. But even as somebody like me who's kind of been around the block, so to speak, it you know his points are are still fairly legitimate and still somewhat I, convincing. I, I didn't buy I was gonna, as a result. I, would, I wasn't going to go the route of bringing up Elon's name. The end of my answer was going to be because the people who own the majority of it just haven't sold yet. Yeah. People like Elon and, and uh, Mark Cuban. Yeah. And look, Elon Musk is one of the funniest people in the entire world right now because he's won at life. He's worth a quarter trillion yeah. dollars. What else is he going to do but troll everybody? Like, yeah. what? He doesn't have to play by the same rules because... People play by the rules to get successful so that they can become an Elon Musk. He's already won. What does he care? He never cared in the first place, but he sure as heck doesn't care anymore. You know, he, he cares about, you know, Tesla and, you know, green energy and rockets and stuff, but he does not give two craps about what everybody else thinks about him. It's I, yeah. I think he, I don't know if he's necessarily a good thing for the cryptocurrency space, but he sure is funny. And I would love to have him on the show one day if he'd be interested. I think Probably he recognizes wouldn't. just how early the crypto space he does. is. Yeah, he and so that. he's just, he realizes yeah. it's a, it's a groundbreaking. No, revolutionary technology and you can have a little bit of fun with it at this stage because it's inevitable you have yep. to give doge a, a round of applause for being the first no purpose coin in a blockchain <laughs> technology <laughs> like good job whoever came up with it you're brilliant it's just not worth anything i mean it was my first coin so i mean yeah yeah it got a lot, it, of, people it got a lot of people in hey i'm not i'm not hating on the fact dogecoin has been probably one of the biggest marketing tools for bitcoin that we've had so far but let's go ahead and read these last super chats and we're gonna wrap oh, yeah, out. Yeah, uh, so civilvan 699 I'm going to read his because I see it right in front yep. of me. Guys, what I do not understand is why keeps ADA dropping while I hear everyone that everyone that they are keep on buying ADA. So I think what he's saying is it keeps dropping despite everyone says that they're buying it. Are we waiting for more, more whales to step in? Simpleman 699 thank you. By the way, thank you for your continued support, man. You've been around yeah. for a while. Um I would encourage you actually to go and watch the, and this is funny, I'm encouraging you to go watch a video that's not on our channel. I would encourage you to go watch the interview I did with Altcoin Daily about a week ago because I actually addressed that question and it comes down to the uh, the leadership philosophy of Charles Hoskinson. And it's not a bad thing, it's a very good thing actually. I think he has one of the strongest, wisest, most practical, long-term outlooks on leadership philosophy in the whole cryptocurrency space. Yeah. And um, that's why Cardano, in my opinion, has traded sideways for the majority of the year. But by the way, Hasn't Bitcoin too? Haven't we been trading sideways between 40 and 65? So I, I think that Cardano is a fantastic project, and uh, it is going to do very, very it's, well. Yeah, it's, it's, it's great it's this same. year, too. It did do great this year. No, I mean, it, no, it's going to do great oh, this yeah, year. Because yeah. Everybody's been waiting and waiting and waiting. And at the end of the day, I love that they're not pressured just to get things out. They're, they have been practicing. They have been uh, planning and establishing uh, and developing so like, with so many different developers. We even showed a metric on it, I think, last week. Uh, it's on my Twitter if you go there, but Cardano is one of the most developed chains in 2021 in terms of how much development was happening on it compared to any other uh, layer one solution. Uh, and there's just so much that's about to be launched on it with all their DEXs and the the Plutus, all of it. There's, I'm, I'm super excited, probably more Cardano's than any other coin for 2022. Uh, Car I, I, could, I could see $150 billion, $200 billion Cardano yeah. by the end of next year. I, uh, 
I, I communicated a concept a couple streams ago and, I, and I'm having some some developments in the thought. So I was I was juxtaposing uh, Elon Musk to Charles Hodgkinson at the time. I could not pronounce Hos- his name. Hoskinson. Yeah, I think you still can't. And I still can't. Hosky. Hoskin. I don't know why. That's Just Hosky. But anyway, if you think about it like this, like Elon Musk right now is able to do victory laps and kind of, you know, he's marrying celebrities. He's getting on the biggest podcasts in the world. Um, but his time is limited if you think about it, because what industries are he in? He's in the, he's in the EV industry. That's already becoming fairly saturated and people are questioning how long its dominance will last when you have companies like uh, companies in China and GM and Ford, uh, you know, launching and supposedly going to be full EV by by 2035, something like that. Right. So his his days as the as the leader are numbered there and also in space travel. I know it's hard to imagine, but there's going to you know, it's going to become commoditized space travel eventually. Whereas what Charles Hodgkinson Hoskinson 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 nailed it. There's no Charles Hoskinson. Well, there's the H of getting uh, yeah. He's he's kind of still the sleeper. He's in the industry that has mm-hmm. yet to fully awaken to the full zeitgeist. I think Charles world. Hoskinson is what Elon Musk was 15 years ago. Boom. You, that's you what were, I'm trying to say. You were hearing about him, he but he didn't. He wasn't. He was, Elon Musk 15 years ago was n- nothing compared to what he is now. Yeah. And I think that's. I think Charles Hoskinson is. Pro- I don't know if I'll go this far, but I think there's an opportunity that. Charles Hoskinson could see the front page of Time Magazine one day if Cardano does what it what it says it's going to because yeah. it's going to have a big, big, big impact on Africa. And as I've said on many different shows, and after I say this, we're going to wrap it out. Um, when Africa becomes a 20, 30, $40 trillion economy because it's about to become the most populous continent on the planet and it is the fastest growing continent economically on the planet, when that occurs and Cardano is laying the framework and the foundation and the infrastructure for it, Cardano benefits and Charles Hoskinson as the founder is the one who's going to get all the credit. He's also going to get all the blame, by the way. So if Charles Hoskinson is watching, you know a lot better than I do about this, but watch out because you're going to have haters and that's okay because you're doing a great job, my friend. Anyway, that's all we got time for today, guys. If you did enjoy today's show, smash that like button. Let's see if we can't get to 2,500 likes here in the next couple of minutes. And also make sure to subscribe to the channel. Why? Because it has been our vision from the first day that I made a video on this channel, November 16, 2017, to help you achieve financial freedom. That's why I've been doing technical analysis on these markets every day for over four years is because I want to see you succeed in crypto. It is our purpose to help you live out your purpose. That's why we're here. We want to see you succeed. We want to see you be able to take care of your family. We want to see you be able to pay for a medical bill if one of your parents is in the hospital. We want to be able to see you donate to the charities and the ministries that you want. We want to be able to see you help support your church. We want to be able to see you live a purpose-driven life, and finances are a big part of that. That's why we're here. If you want to learn more about how to become successful in cryptocurrency, this is the definitive channel to do so. So subscribe to the channel, and make sure you follow us on all of our social medias. I'm about to hit 50,000 followers on Twitter, which is crazy. Thank you guys so much for everybody who follows me on Twitter. Make sure to go and follow myself and everybody else. Guys, feel free to put your Twitter handles in the uh, chat, but that's all we got time for today. Before I go, I do just first want to thank each and every single last one of you for watching, as always, and I will see you guys in the next video. Peace. Oh, I got a real good We hope you enjoyed listening to the Coffee Crypto Podcast. Tune in every day at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch live on YouTube. Follow us on our social media accounts at CryptoJet. And lastly, we want to thank you for supporting us here at MacD Media.